Hi, how can I help you today? As a McDonald's employee, you say those words quite often. But how about when you need help, like consulting a doctor? Hi, how can I help you today? When you work for a McDonald's restaurant, we take care of you like family. With free virtual doctor's visits, including getting prescriptions and refills for you and everyone in your family. Apply today at careers.mcdonalds.com and find out more. The benefits described herein are only available at participating restaurants. Recorded live. Welcome to the John and Paul Radio Show, brought to you by AdventuresInMinistry.com, where we have all the resources, the curriculum, the app, and everything that you need there for ministry, and it's free. Um, the best word for a youth minister is it's free. Uh, with me, as always, is John Podine. I am Paul Sperling. We are here live, as always, from Faulkner University, the Cloverdale Center for Youth and Family Ministry, the wing here, and we are excited about uh, our topic today, talk about some different things. Uh, also, to recap the national championship game uh, in, in basketball, all is right in the world as far as that's concerned. So we're, we're excited about that. Yeah, Paul's happy. Paul won the, the John and Paul Bracket Challenge. Where is my mug? Yeah. Give me my partner mug. There's got to be one here somewhere. <laughs> no, we don't have one in here right now. We'll have to get you a mug for that. Paul won it. Congratulations to the UNC Tart. That's a that's a bad. Forget a about football. the face mask, but it's what's up. Since when you wear a helmet <laughs> in basketball? That was. It, can I guess say though? That's weird. That was the absolute sloppiest game. Ugly, terrible, awful, completely ugliest game um, that I have seen in a while. And you know what? But congratulations to the Tar Heels. And uh, yep, you know, national champs. We give it up for the Carolinas over the last. Uh, I mean. South Carolina owns three of the national championships right now with baseball, hmm. women's women's basketball. basketball, and men's basketball. Then they got well, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, there was something else that they own as well, and I cannot well, remember what it was. Um, well, not anymore, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, but football with the Clemson. Panthers. With Clemson. Clemson won, yeah, won national championship. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we couldn't throw two passes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then the the, pa- uh, the Panthers, um, the Carolina Panthers came close to well, they didn't come close, but they actually went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and and uh, it was a fun fun yeah, conversation because Stephanie was talking about how that um, Mark Few got Coach of the Year, mm-hmm. um, and congratulations to him. What a great guy. What a great coach. Um, really coached up that the Gonzaga team. Congratulations to them on a great season. But he won um, Coach of the Year the last. Um, coach that that of a team Stephanie followed that got coach of the year was Ron Rivera of the Carolina Panthers and he won coach of the year wow. and they got blasted in the Super Bowl so so that 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 omen didn't work well. Um, I will say this: um, we didn't tell Laney that she lost the bracketology because <laughs> um, she thought she was she was up by like I don't know what what two or three hundred points. And and the big question at our house is, okay, Daddy, you Carolina may win, but I got more points, so I'm still going to win the bracketology. And I'm like, yes, sweetheart, you did. And I just didn't want to. I didn't want to break her heart, you know. She's so, so excited, I and mean, she's up there all season. She held her own. She picked Oregon to go as far as they did. I just want to say I mean, she picks a serious game. I just want to say here, Paul, just though for a second, um, give it up for all of us. Um, um, all of us. Sorry, I'm dealing with that other situation. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> all of us 
you know, I guess you were first. Yeah. Laney was second. Stephanie was third. And Uncle John was fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the family. Yeah, I made it all the way up far. I just want you to know, like after the first. I mean, you were the in the basement. I was in the basement. You came all the way back up, pretty awesome. Yes, I, I'm pretty proud of myself on that one. I'm not gonna lie. Not that it's pretty neat. I should lie, but no, don't lie. Not just not um, lie with that. I'm not gonna lie. I was pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, that worked out pretty well um, for that. Um, really quick, I, I like to sort of, if you don't mind, I like to t- talk a little somber. I've got a little topic I need to share. Um, if you don't mind, go ahead. Okay. Um, so, so we're fixing to get into our topic. It's going to be, it's going to be a really po- positive thing we're going to talk about, but if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, uh, today, uh, a year ago, um, uh, my dad passed from this life and I've gotten a lot of uh, messages today already. Um, uh, and, and, memory of him. I just want to say thank you to all, all those that, um, have remembered him and remember him and our family, uh, and their prayers as it continues. Everyone loses people. Uh, I get that, and everyone, people in your families are close to you, and that's, that's a special situation, special relationships, and so uh, just prayers go out to those that have lost folks and uh, continue um, to um, hopefully um, live the right life so that one day we'll all be together uh, in heaven one day. So, so anyway, um, miss that guy, miss him so much, but um, but because of him, and we continue to go on and continue to do ministry, and yeah. today we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I know just from uh, being around you and hearing you talk about your dad. And even I've had conversations with your dad on the phone and, and yeah. from way back when he was doing his book, <laughs> which is still for sale, right? But I got, man, I, it's not for sale. I, got, I think I got about 30 or 40 of them in my office. I'll give you one. Yeah. Uh, you come through my gallery. <laughs> I got plenty. And it's good stuff. I'm not going to sell it. I'm going to give stuff. it to you. You come see me, I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah, it is a good, it's, it is good stuff. So definitely remembering Paul's dad today. And, uh, um, and my mom. Yeah, what an awesome lady. Yeah, um, she is. It's a tough time. So, so, so remember her uh, as well. Thank but you. you know, you did say Paul that because uh, your dad he kept doing ministry af- even after he got sick. Oh yeah, and everything like this. And so, you know, we are talking about uh, today on our topic is what makes a youth minister. What is the making of a youth minister? We're actually trying to help out a um, friend of the show, friend of ours, who uh, who um, um, participates. Um. Uh, oh, I can hear myself, Paul. Oh, so good, you're saying. Uh, you like that exposure staff? I do. I'm, I'm, I'm repping yeah. today. Uh, who uh, was doing a project? Isn't it? Is that what it's for? Um, it's a project for school, uh, apparently. Um, and we're talking about Cole Howard here, um, and um, and this is uh, Mike's son, and uh, he uh, has a project from school. I guess doing some um, some research into the job he wants to do one day. I know he is interested in Christian education. I think that's safe to say today. Um, and so um, showed some interest in, in, in Faulkner and some other schools and in um, youth ministry. And uh, so he is doing a, little, a research, I don't know if it's a paper, um, but some videos that show um, guys who have done youth ministry. And so what we're going to do is uh, he has five or six questions he wanted to ask. He can't be with us today because of some things he's doing there. But um, we're going to answer those questions as sort of the foundation of our talk today. Um, we're going to try to answer them. We're going to try to answer them. And, um, <laughs> we'll answer them in two or three different ways. We'll probably give the answer the world thinks, um, and then we'll give the answer uh, the real answer. I love the, the answer Daniel Currington put in there. Well, it all starts with a man and a woman falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, oh, yeah. We got somebody watching from Shanghai. Buster Canfield. Man, I miss that guy. Oh, 
Me and Buster were roommates at Faulkner. Was he? Oh my goodness, yes. Oh. I remember. I remember plays night the first night. I remember as as uh, Zeta came in and pulled him by the feet, by the ankles. Oh Zeta! Oh man, they pulled him out of that room. Is Zeta around then? They, they were. <laughs> yeah, they were. They're not they right were. now. Actually, in that year, they were pretty. They were strong. They and Kappa and then Nepslon started having their little resurgence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um. But anyway, um, yeah. But, but they came in, and grabbed me too. It was a it was a rough night. It was a rough week. But congratulations uh, to Epsilon winning Jamboree. And so, um, so that that's what um, that's where um, uh, Buster and I um, had that relationship. Good friend of mine uh, with old Mark Lamb. Three of us used to hang out all the time back in the day. So, so now we're we're back to this. And so today we are talking about youth ministry. We're talking about what makes a youth minister. How do you do it? How do you get into it? And we have questions, and so we are going to bring those questions up. If I can find them, I think they're right here and right here for Cole Howard. And there we go. Can I pull this? I won't I go don't, up. I don't, I don't like that. I want to be able to move this. And Can I make that bigger? Does the plus mean bigger? I don't know. It does not. It means add a friend. I don't want to add a friend. You don't want to add a friend. To this this isn't like... Um, a millionaire show or whatever, uh, Dollar Friend. Dollar friend. I may be a Dollar Friend. Um, because here's here, how many years of youth ministry experience do we have here, John? Jeez. Every time we say this, I was like, oh, I'm so old. <laughs> We're adding my numbers and yours. I'm the old one. This is my crazy man. Have I started? Um, I've done 19 years. I'll get ready to start 20, my 20th year in, in May. Really? It's pretty cool. Mm, good night. Yep. Well, maybe it's the 20th year this month. Is that when I started at university? Yeah, I guess it was just so. You're counting. So you're counting intern time. Well, I you're counting Christian schools time. Well, yeah, you were an intern. I mean, you you were no, right. Just working with the uh, that summer, I had it all by myself with Mike Horn. Oh yeah! yeah. Wow. Oof. Yeah. How many years are you now? Yeah, that's not good. Who else is that? No, if you called me out here in front of everybody, you're I, no, you're getting called I out. I thought I thought I had 20 years, but when you go back to college. I mean, technically, if we're talking about ministry, yeah, ministry. Because uh, I actually did ministry while I was in the, in the Navy. So that goes back a long time. <laughs> so that would put me closer to 25 years. Whew. Well, you knew. I was right there. You were still in high school. I was. I was. Everybody, everybody, everybody we do need to, you know, everybody everybody has wondering, and you know, the dude in the hat. Where, does Paul, where does Paul and John come from? It actually comes all the way back Jacksonville. before Jacksonville, Florida. I was still in high school. He was. And you were an old man. No, I wasn't. <laughs> How old was I? I was, I was probably 24, 20, 23, 24. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're, no, you're not that much older than me. You're not like when I was in the Navy. older than me. I wasn't. No, I'm not. Well, let's see. So what? Well, I guess 21. You're about 21? 21. Yeah, yeah, it was after high school because I came to Faulkner for a year. And then I, I need some more. Uh, I did not apply myself as I should. And so the Navy applied me. <laughs> So I changed my life. Um, everybody's like, why, why are you this organizational person, Paul? I'm like, because my life depended on the it. The military required you. That's right. You were stationed at Mayport in Jacksonville. That is correct. And you uh, used to come all the way. What, how long did it take you? About 45 minutes drive? Right. Easy. To get to church every Sunday? Sometimes I would have my church clothes on during a watch. And I'd have over over close, you know. Did like, you really? I would take it. I'd get in my car and I'd take it off. Like, and you're trying to be Superman. Yeah, like, church guy. And so, um, so I did. I was so wrong, but I, but I couldn't go. I wasn't supposed to leave um, 
the boat uh, or the um, they may pour it, but I want to go to church, and so I did. And so you left for Jesus. I did. I went for Jesus. I thought that's okay. So basically, Paul, though, we got about 40, 45 years between the two of us. Between the two of us and doing uh, youth ministry. Ministry in general, Mm -hmm. because we've also had some other jobs in there. But we've always kind of kept with youth ministry, no matter even if it was moments when you were preaching or I was preaching. um, Or even now, I mean, I'm dealing with college students that still kind of youth ministry. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, even this morning. But... uh, so, Paul, um, where do we start? You know, if you if somebody's asking, you know, and I know Cole's asking questions here with yeah. with all of this, uh, you know, where where do you start with this youth ministry thing? How do, how do you is somebody just born a youth minister? Um, I think you have an innate um, desire to want to make an, a good, positive impression on young people. Um, because I think there's there's different things you find with different roles. I'm sure we'll get some comments on this from some of the pulpit guys. Um, uh, good morning, Colin. Glad you're with us. Uh, but but also, um, is pulpit guys um, as they preach, they prepare the, those those two sermons, one or two or three a week, and um, and present and they present to the entire congregation, and they need to try to connect mm-hmm. and share some really good share scripture, but also share. Uh, how to live, how to use that scripture. It's, it's more than just read this. How does this work in my life? And so I think that's something that you, that you look at and, and, and channel as you preach to the entire congregation. But as a youth minister, you've got to find a way to channel it to the life of a teenager or sometimes a 10-year-old. And so, so, so there's, there's a uh, – and, and the, the job in itself, I think, goes – I don't want to say goes beyond that of a puppy guy – but you do different things public guys would never have to do. And to be honest, some, most of them wouldn't want to. Yeah. And that's the value of a youth minister, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I know when uh, I went to Calhoun and Scott was there, Scott Sides, who's out in Texas now, um, he um, uh, he um, um, one thing he always never treated me as was, well, you're a junior minister. He's just like, no, you've got the you got just as much important job as I do because, you know, I can't do what you do and, you know, I can't reach those young people. And, and sometimes it takes somebody a little special to be able to try to get it, or, you know, maybe saying a lot special. Yeah, a lot special. <laughs> to be able to do that. Yeah. But uh, I know we got some questions here that Dalton, or Dalton, wrong person, Cole. Well, we're reading. I know I'm reading Dalton here. Lisa, uh, John Mark's mom. Uh, is putting in here talking about how proud she is of her son, John Mark, congratulations, shout out. And then she says some good things about Dalton Gross as well, Dalton, one of our students here. One of our students here. Um, Hopefully he will become a youth minister one day. He's here to study that. Uh, But the questions that Cole gives is the first one is, what precisely do you do? As a youth minister? As a youth minister, what are the the duties, the functions, responsibilities of your job? Six flags, right? Lock-ins? Sometimes. Um, um, bowling. Um, actually, we we went bowling a few weeks ago. I'm just saying all that because that's generally what everybody when they automatically think of youth ministry, the ultimate babysitter. Oh, you just a babysitter. You just go take them to right. Six Flags and and you go and you do lock-ins where you play and you do what? Well. No, no. I don't know one person who does that. Um, Jonah said I'm special to to them. Oh, yeah, you are. Thanks, Jonah. You're still not going to pass my class. No, I'm just kidding. He's not in my class. He was in your class. He was in my class. <laughs> he did well. So what do you, what, I mean, what do you think? Isn't that kind of the, the automatic when people say, what are youth ministers? Oh, they just play. Well, can I say this? When, when you go somewhere and you say, I'd like to see a job description, that's a nice little thing. That's a cute little idea. 
but I'm just telling you right now, and I'm fine with this, but my job description has developed into so many other things <laughs> in youth yeah. ministry because uh, the more you do, the more that you can accomplish in your ministry at a particular congregation is the more it makes you invaluable to that church. Um, and I think the more you can do, the more you can say, the more it's tougher to get rid of the guy. <laughs> I, can, I guess is what it comes down to. But uh, I love what I do. I do. I love what I do. And um, and I love the, our, our kids at university. And I really do. They're, they're special to me and their parents and, and our congregation. It means the world to me. But um, what do I do? Well, um, I organize. Let's get to it. Mm-hmm. I organize the Bible class curriculum for our um my job, sixth grade through twelfth grade. That's what I do. I get the teachers. Um, I meet with my deacons occasionally. Um, we're trying to get to where, where we meet at least once a month and have a plan for everything that comes up. Um, uh, I organize the. I do the, the the calendar. I do a calendar for a full twelve month calendar, and I present it. I do. I present it at the end of the summer, and so at the end of the summer, they'll know what we're going to be doing all the way until next May, and then in the spring, I'll present the summer calendar. And so, um, you know, I, I make sure to schedule all the devotionals, um, all the um, the uh, the events that we do, uh, obviously with with exposure and and AIMCON and things like that, and organize those things. And um, and I do, um, I, I take part in these events. And a lot of people say, you know, uh, why why is it, Paul? Why are you involved in exposure and AIMCON and things mm-hmm. like that? Because mm-hmm. because if I'm involved in those things, then I have a hand in what my kids are learning. Yeah, and and the, the part they play I, to step away from those is to lose control of how my what, what the things my kids learn. Uh, there's a certain level of of understanding I want them to get, and if I'm not a part of a program, it's tough to do that. Mm-hmm. Now we do go to some stuff that I have nothing to do with, which I enjoy those too. But, but mm-hmm. you know, it, and that, that's well and good. But um, but I think that I think doing the calendar, the teaching, um, the the, the devotional schedules, the that the, those things. Um, that's what I do. But beyond that, I love our kids and I try to build relationships with them and I go to games and I go to recitals and I've gone to plays. Sometimes I went to a play and I didn't understand what anything had happened, but I was there and the kids knew it. And that's really what matters because they knew I love them. And so I think relationship building is a big part of that too. That's what you do. Well, I think, uh, our good friend, Brandon Edwards, he had something to say in here about that. One of the reasons he got into youth ministry and I love this is that because of the daily interaction, you get more interaction with the people necessarily than you would, um, in the pulpit and anybody who's done youth ministry for any amount of time, you understand that it is a daily interaction with people. It is a daily uh, job, whether it is, um, you know, a lot of people don't think, well, the kids are in school during the day. Yes, it's true. Kids are in school, but sometimes it involves uh, going to that school. Sometimes it involves that phone call at one o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah. Sometimes it involves uh, going up to the to the church building or going out to eat and, and you know, meeting with people because of some struggles that they are having and some contact they're having. I, I, one thing I will say is, what people may not understand about youth ministry, there's definitely, in my opinion, if I can say it this way, I understand ministry takes a broad definition. But to me, it's really in that, as you said, that relationship part of the ministry Mm -hmm. that you have with the teenagers. And especially, you know, if you're a parent out there, um, as much as I'm sure that all of us would want to sit here and say, yes, our kids are going to come talk to us, (laughs) 90% of the time, that's not going to be the case. Right. At least not about everything. We hope that they will, yeah. and and I believe that the parents should be, in a sense, the first youth minister mm-hmm. that's there. But you know, it's not always they're not always going to go talk to them about this thing, right? And so they have that relationship. 
And, and while, while we transition into the next question, let me go ahead and say we haven't said this yet. Don't forget, if you'd like to um, voice your opinions or have questions that, that can add to this conversation, feel free to call us uh, at uh, 724-444-7444 with the um, ID number for the podcast here, which is 113940-POUND, and we'll bring you in and pull you into the, into the show here. Uh, if you call, If you do that, shoot us a quick text to myself or John, um, and uh, that way we'll know it's you. We can bring you on and talk about it. You know, one thing that our good friend Sarah has mentioned, Sarah Carter, is that unless you have been with it, sometimes we do need to go back and think about what it was like when we were teenagers and what it was like when we were kids. Yeah. And, and I don't think – and let's say this from the outset – Youth ministers aren't trying to replace parents. No. At all. Oh, I got something on that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, get, go, go it's, ahead. It's, it's the triangle of trust sometimes you hear about. Yeah. But seriously, it's like a, it's a, it's a three-part relationship situation. Uh, number one, you have um, the, the, uh, the teenager, the child. You have the parents. And then you have the youth minister. I am the associate youth minister to our parents. Um, uh, if our parent, if there's something that happens with our parents, our kids, and maybe there's a conflict, I hope that they'll include me in helping because maybe I've built a relationship with them that maybe I can make that happen. Sometimes if a kid's in trouble, that their parents may not be their first call. If their if their parents aren't their first call, I hope I'm I'm the one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the one yeah. that can go and help them and, and communicate with parents and keep them safe. Um, but we are the associate youth ministers to our parents, and that's mm-hmm. something that I think all of our parents need to understand mm-hmm. is that it's it's a it's a team concept. We're a family, and we're going to make it happen. They say that um, they're grown by a community, and that's so true. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, that's when that can be a, a um, unfortunately. A prescription for failure. It absolutely, it absolutely can be a huge prescription for failure if if you don't have that kind of relationship in that and keep everything in the right boundary areas uh, and all of that. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I would encourage anybody who's trying to go into youth ministry, don't don't try to replace the parent. No, don't no, definitely do not try to replace the parent. You know, um, definitely a bonus. We're we're a help. You know what I mean? We're here as an added help um, to be a part with them. But uh, going in, I guess, to our second question in here, uh, yes, Colin, I love it, team effort. It's, it's, it's a team effort in working on this together. Absolutely, yes. So our second question we got in here, Paul, and, and uh, what do you do if you can't solve a problem on your own as a youth minister? Honestly, I'll be honest here. I usually call this guy. <laughs> I do. If we have problems, we call each other. We do that. You've got to have a good a good system. A good system of trust with some you got to create a good circle of friends and sometimes you have four or five different circles you know and and, and circles sometimes get smaller and you start with this group and if they can't help you go to that group and and um and, and there's nothing wrong with going to your elders as a, as a youth minister yeah, yeah. i mean this is something you should be thinking about um build a good relationship with your elders so that if something comes up you can say hey guys separate me I need help with this. Can you help me with that? That's happened before. I've asked for that. They've been very, very good about that. And I think an ownership appreciates it, too. Yes, I think they do. <laughs> because I think sometimes – read Jonas. Uh, because sometimes I think that there is automatically a disconnect. We automatically think that, um, well, they're elders or they don't understand. Or elders – and this helps lead to where elders look, well, they're youth ministers and they're just – acting like a kid or playing whatever. And I think it would help bridge that gap as well. But – I think one thing, and Paul kind of was mentioning it, is this idea of having a network together. There is nothing I think that, that a youth minister can have more to help them become more successful than having a network of friends who are youth mm-hmm. ministers because there is guarantee there is going to be something that you are going to face in your ministry, whether it's ministry, youth ministry, pulpit ministry, whatever it is, 
that you are not going to understand, but I guarantee you there is somebody out there who mm-hmm. will because they've gone through it. Right. Um, uh, Jonah um, um, sent a message here asking about the biggest challenges in our ministry. Uh, this may seem low-key, and, and oh my goodness, Paul, you can do better than that. So one of the biggest challenges I have is making some of our, uh, and maybe not necessarily the our present um, girls in our youth group, but but I mean not always girls, mm-hmm. but getting kids to to talk to one another, sure, and to work out the conflict resolution with one another, mm-hmm. uh, and and I hate to say it, in most cases they need assistance, and mm-hmm. and I've actually taken two kids into a room with an open door, and I'll sit down with them and I'll say, let's talk it out. The biggest challenge is to make them swallow their pride and put everything on the table and try to work it out. And some, in most cases, they don't want to work it out. Mm-hmm. They want it to fester. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want it to build. And, and, and there's no miracle cure to fix drama. But if you take drama out of yep. youth ministry, oh, my goodness, smooth sailing, John. Well, I think, Paul, what you're saying is, and this is one thing we're trying to do even on campus with our college students, um, especially I know since we have our new dean of students, uh, Dean Kane, she's a big one on this, is the idea of – of, of taking responsibility, of course, and kind of doing some things and, and, and um, you know, jumping on it. I, I would say that probably is one of the biggest challenges that youth ministers face is um, they want to get a parent involved or they want to get their youth minister involved and, and trying to mentor them and be adults to be able to deal with situations. Because what happens, you know what happens with adults who don't learn this when they're kids, right? Yeah. They grow up to be adult kids. They're still being the same. And you still got the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about the um, the elder situation here, um, you know, with youth ministers and elders, I, I love that Brandon has said in here that he has a rule that he has no surprises with his elders. If something comes up, someone complains, that he goes to them, with, whether it's a call, whether it's an email, Facebook, whatever it is. I love that idea. And, um, I think that would also help our elders, you know, they're doing the best they can, you know, as being elders and, you know, got the whole congregation involved and everything else like that. And keeping them informed helps protect you as as the youth minister right. as well. And uh, I love that idea and keeping them in there instead of like letting something come up and just pop up. Make sure that that occurs. Correct. Build that relationship so you can have that thing to, yeah. to, to work that way. Um, you lost Facebook. Well, I did. I wanted to look at something else and to, to be able to get all those messages. Oh, okay. Um, so I can see what's going on. I sure got you in there. Um, yeah, it's okay. So what's question number three? Um, let's see. On this here. All right. Uh, I'm still waiting on phone calls. If you want to call in, don't forget about the numbers behind us here. The next question is, how would you define a successful youth ministry. Oh my goodness. How would you define Ooh. a successful youth ministry? Let me say this, and then I'm gonna let Paul dive into this for a second. Okay. Numbers does not no yeah. I gotta get used to correct grammar here. Just because you may have a big youth ministry, that does not mean you have a successful youth ministry. Right. Just because you may have a hundred people or hundred and fifty people or 30 people, it doesn't, that does not define whether you have a successful youth ministry or not, in my opinion. Good. I like it. 
Question number four. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. What defines a successful we're not, company? We're not driven by numbers. No. And I, I know that's what everybody goes to and looks at. Um, that's all I look at in most cases. But um, but uh, I'm going to tell you just my, my experience over the past, I'll say, three or four years. Um, we have so many kids, so many teenagers that are in our youth group whose, whose parents don't come to church. And it's not because they were brought up in the church. It's because these kids were taught by other kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, evangelism within youth group, within school, within community, and bringing souls to Christ, that's your success. Um, if you're at a youth ministry for, let's say, 10 years and you've never had a baptism, something's wrong. You know, something's not being taught right. And so faithfulness, and that's the word Brandon yeah, used, actually, was yeah. faithfulness. Well, faithfulness and sharing that faith. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to do right. It's another thing to do right and to teach others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And it's all about discipleship. And, um, and you oh, have like to, you have, Look at you, you big word. Yeah. I'm proud of you, yeah, Paul. Thank you for that word. I got it from the Bible. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, don't give me credit. Uh, Jesus, I had a few. So, uh, but seriously, you, not only do you do right, but also teach others to do the same and to instill that. And, and um, I have a lot of folks say, Paul, well, why is it you're always teaching classes on evangelism? Because that's why we're here. We're told to seek and save the law, folks. We're not seeking to save the lost. What are we doing? What's our purpose? What's our point? Well, Paul, you know, you know the, the typical the typical statistics that you always hear. Um, I know Lads of Leaders put it out puts it out all the time. Um, mm-hmm. We were just at a youth rally not too long ago where it mentioned it or something like that. You know what? What they say: fifty percent of all young people grow up in the church, yeah. leave the church, right. and you know we shouldn't just um, give up. On, on reaching people and trying to go after people and everything else like that by saying, oh, well, we're going to lose half of them anyway. I definitely think yeah. a successful youth ministry is you're getting into the people's lives. And, yes, it is about a faithfulness. It is about converting their souls not to the university church or the Dalrada church or whatever church it is down the street or whatever it is, but to God, right. to Jesus Christ and to, and to his yeah. church. And so um, definitely we don't throw anybody out. We don't give up on people. And um, I think that's how you define a successful youth ministry. And I think when you start a new work, um, or even if you're if you're you're still there and you haven't tried this yet, you need to look at. Um, it's kind of like with, with exposure. You know what we do is we look at the map. We look at the, the marks on the map to see where everybody's at. And the, for the most part, it's kind of around east of, or, or not east, but um, west of Atlanta, maybe sort of central between Atlanta and Huntsville, kind of the central of everybody who comes. You see everybody. Kind of look at your youth group. Uh, as far as faithfulness, I want you to kind of uh, have pins on a map of where they are. And once you go far out into the circle, I want you to look at those on the outer realm of that. Yeah. And I need you to major on those outer realm of that. I think that's something I've done. Uh, we said ministry 25 years. I think for the first time in my life, what well taught me, oh, okay. um, in my ministry, just in the past six, seven years, being here at university, I, I've attacked this, I think, I'll say, better than I ever have in my career. I think is the more you're in it, the more you learn, the more you know, the fix the things you've done before. But I found where it's, it re, you'll be rewarded for trying to build relationships with those on the, on the outer realm, the, uh, the fringe kids. Because you, you have your kids whose parents are there, they're always going to be there, and that's great and wonderful, love them too. And get them to engage with the, the fringe kids as well. And building those relationships, doing things outside of Bible class um, uh, that, that, that build those relationships where you're hanging out with them and spending time with them. Uh, I think that's what's going to help um, and show uh, and improve and, and define success in, in youth ministry. Man, Paul, we got a lot of wonderful comments that are coming in and, and all this, but I, I know we, I see over here we have Jerry Elder on the phone. 
Oh, okay. And, and one of our one of our great friends, Jerry Elder, who is probably the guru right now of youth ministry, been in it probably as long as you and I have been in together. I know. And here, um, so many things I want to say. Uh, be nice. The last thing he said something was after last Monday night we would call Gonzaga the national champions. Let's see oh my goodness. Um, what's happening here? You got to press it. I did. Oh. I did. I, and I did that. And then you did that. <laughs> hey, Jerry. Love the show. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> How are you doing this morning, Jerry? Well, I'm doing really, really well after this. After Paul was sitting here clicking mute, unmute, mute, unmute. People, you going to let me talk or not? I'm messing with you, Jerry. <laughs> messing with you. Well, I'm, I'm, this is. I'm sorry. It's just a flashback from the last time you had me on. <laughs> that could be scary. It's all Jerry. me. It's all me. I take full responsibility and credit. Uh, great show. Bye, great man. show. Things going on today, guys. Um, I, I, I've been reading your stuff on Facebook and uh, following along with it, all the guys that are good. Um, some good stuff going on. How would you, Jerry? I mean, you've been you've been in youth ministry probably the longest of anybody who's listening right now, and and and. You know, you're one of those people that youth ministers strive and look up to because it, it, you do define the longevity because a lot of youth ministers don't make it, mm-hmm. you know, more than, you know, five to ten years, and then they're out and doing something else. How do you – you've seen youth ministry tra- change over the years. How would you define what is a successful youth ministry um, for everybody who's out here trying to get started in this? Um, looking at possibly doing this as a career, what what would you define? What would be some of the biggest things that you would say? Well, first of all, most people look down to me because I'm short. Uh, and then uh, one, one of the things, let me tell you, this is going to sound so out of character for youth ministries, okay? Uh, youth ministries don't save souls. Jesus okay. saves them. Absolutely. Okay. And and I would say that we do not need to identify the success of a youth ministry by the number of young people that are active in your group. Let me give you an example. I've got several kids that are at, at Spring Meadows that I love dearly. They love me dearly. But their thing is not youth group stuff. They're not a EYC, a CYC, or uh, anything in that manner, or they're at camps. But they're faithful Christians at home. They're faithful Christians in their schools. They're faithful Christians wherever they are. So the youth ministry does not define that success that's there. Uh, I I like how you said that, Jerry, that it's not necessarily... If they're involved, I think sometimes we forget about those kids that they may be faithful and they may be active in in what they're doing, but they they are faithful just because just because they may not be like you said the EYC CYC people, right? And but I'll tell you where also that comes from. That comes from good mamas and daddies in the home raising their children. Absolutely, absolutely, it does. But now, um, let me flip the coin on it for a second. And what is it that makes it successful? There's the, the number one thing is love your kids mm-hmm. unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Love them. And um, 
I, and if your passion is in working with young people, then that passion, let that passion overflow. Let it come out and utilize that. That will make a bigger successful youth ministry more than any more than any camp you go to, more than anything that you do. Because of your love for young people, because of your love for the Lord's church, then those things are the things that fall in line. I love that. Yes, definitely. Because, um, man, uh, we may have just summed up this whole conversation. No. <laughs> you should have called earlier. We could have been done this a long time ago. <laughs> Well, I hate to come in. I, I can't get came in late on you because I, I was out talking to a no, kid. Good. I'm sure. <laughs> no, I love that. Jerry, we love you, man. Thank you for right, your, your words and your, your well, wisdom. Just wanted to give you guys a shout-out this morning. You guys are doing a fantastic job, and uh, love you guys. And uh, one last parting bit for, for the youth ministers is, you know, love your family, and your church is the family. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Jerry. We'll Thanks, see Jerry. you soon, brother. We're fixing the mission. Bye, guys. Right. <laughs> love you, bye. Uh, I love that man. I do too. But, you know, some great so comments good. that we've had in here, Paul. Um, you know, of doing everything. You had one. Matt you. Reynolds, a uh, good, good friend of mine. Known him forever, I guess, all my life. Uh, from North Alabama, there in Hartsville, uh, makes a really good comment about how that. Um, what makes a successful youth ministry is the backing of good parents. Yes. Um, and I will say this, uh, I can attest to this because I know where he grew up. I was there as he was growing up. And um, they didn't have a youth minister at Hartzell. Mm-hmm. They had a Philip Hines. That- and um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I had to say that. But, but you know, Philip, uh, you know, did a lot of things, but he couldn't be everywhere. They had good parents that made sure their kids were at the right place at the right time. And that's what he's talking about in, 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 his, in his comment there is we need parents to stop. Let me just say this. We live in such a um, accept whatever's going on society. And as uh, relativism comes in and peeks in mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and culture starts to break into schools and now churches, and we just are just accept everything. Parents are like, if you want to, good. If you don't want to, it's okay. Right. You know, we need parents to say, this is church. Mm-hmm. This is family. And this is God. And this is where we are going to be, and I think it's about leadership in the home, um, and that that is something that, that will help with leadership at church. Well, you know as well so, as I do, Paul, with this with the millennials and and now the generation I guess this is Generation Z that that this next one is. Yeah. They want to see genuine um, leadership, genuine, um, genuine, just like genuineness from the people that are older than them, their parents, their teachers, their right. preachers. Um, um, and every everything like that, and and um, we're fixing to take a time out in this show. I got so many things I want to say, but and this may bring out another show. Mm-hmm. You are worried about other groups taking your people away from your home congregation. The, the problem isn't so much what's happening between the prayers or between the the the, the ten to elevens. It's what's going on before it starts, and it's what's going on after it's over. It is the relationship building, the I love you no matter what, uh, instead of let's hurry and get to church and hurry to get out. That mentality, John, yep. Yep. that is killing the church today. It, 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 we're, we're built on our schedules. 
about what works, what doesn't work, and let's hurry up and get there. Let's hurry up and get the next thing. And is the preacher get done on time? And does he have enough time to preach? Because, you know, we've got to be out by 11. You know, we're so worried about that. Yeah, we do. We need to be majoring on what happens before church starts, between class and church, or worship, and then what happens after worship. You know, why are we in such a rush to get out of here and beat everybody else to, to where it is you're going to go eat lunch. We kind of beat them all to the cafeteria, Paul. I know, but what I'm saying is it's those relationships, these, 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 I'm going to say it, these crazy groups that are pulling people away from the Lord, away from the church, mm-hmm. and saying, let's do this, let's do that. They're actually talking to people and care about people rather than rushing to the next thing. Right. And so it's about priorities. It is. So let, it, it sorry, is. I'm back in, back in. Woo! Paul's I'm getting a little hot over here, everybody. Topic coming up. Okay. After, after convention, we'll come back. That's something we're okay. going to talk about. Okay. We're going to talk about making our church a better place. I, I think um, you're, you're right. And, and number four, Paul, when we get in here, what advice, you know, what, wow, you made me want to talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll be coming back to that. Um, yeah. Number four, uh, what advice would you give someone who is interested in this career? Oh, and you and I talked about this yesterday because I got some things I want to say about that. Definitely. Uh, first of all, and I may be hitting this, I don't want to take away your thunder. Um, go ahead. What advice would you give someone who is interested in this career? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you, you need to dabble a little bit, especially if you're in high school. Uh, you, you haven't quite graduated yet. Now's a good time. Uh, ask to do a devotional. Um, uh, uh, ask to sit into an elders meeting. Ask to talk to a deacon and a preacher and, and, and meet with other youth ministers mm-hmm. and sit down and talk to them and find out the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, I have the privilege of teaching youth and family ministry here at Faulkner. Um, we have elevated some guys, and I'll tell you right now, if they want it, when you leave here at Faulkner, you're going to have a job. We're 100%, John. Yep. If a guy comes through here, he's going to have a job. He's going to have a job. I'll tell you that. This is a commercial. I'm telling you this right now. I'm proud of this fact that here at Faulkner University, if you come here and go here for the four, sometimes five years, depending on how things work out, okay, um, seven or eight, and you are, you are diligent about what you want to do, I'm telling you right now, we're going to help you find a job and a good one, all right? If you're solid, it's going to happen. Now, I've also had people come through class that when class is over, they come to me almost in tears saying, I can't do this. Uh, yes, I remember you had one that was like uh, this past uh, yeah. semester yeah. was just like, wow, this is, this, is, this is too much work. I didn't expect it. And, and because there's so many um, variables you have to consider. You know, and I think the one that really hurt in this situation was the treatment of his wife and his family because mm-hmm. they didn't really consider that mm-hmm. uh, because there's more people involved in the decision of uh, do I want this for a career? But obviously you don't get those factors maybe later in, the, in your college time. Correct. But the fact is – and I love you. I love you people. I'm not speaking to any one particular person, but some of you aren't fit for ministry. Some of you aren't fit for youth ministry. Paul is bringing so it. So I'm just telling you, um, it's not a – no, I'll stop. Can I, I, can I, say, go ahead. Can I say what I want to say? I'll let you say what I was about to say. You go ahead. Okay, I'm going to say what I was going to say here. Go ahead. Please, please, if I could say one thing, whether Where it's – my whooping stick? Uh-oh. Whether it is – am I going to get whooped? No. Okay. we got to – whether it is for youth ministry, whether it is for pulpit ministry, college ministry, whatever other ministry you want to think about, yep. please do not choose ministry as a last-ditch effort because you don't think there's anything else that you can do. Boom. Thank you very much. That had to be said. I, that, it had to be said. That is one thing that disturbs the mess out of me mm-hmm. more than anything else is please preach. Please do not choose ministry and youth ministry in general because you don't think there's anything else you can do. I've known too many people who have who have interacted, 
who have um, 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 even tried other jobs and said, well, I don't think I can do good in business. I don't think I can be a teacher. I don't think I can be doing this. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, well, I can do youth ministry because youth ministry is easy, because preaching's easy. That's not hard. And as Neil Scott just said on here, if ministry is easy, you're doing it wrong. That's right. And absolutely, don't choose it. And you it. won't be there very long. Don't choose it just because you don't think there's anything else that you can do or because even if you failed at everything else and, and you're like, oh, I think I'll just go into preaching because there's nothing else I can do. Please don't do that because – Retweet. And I'm like not that. saying that, that you're a bad person. I'm not no. saying that bad. But people can tell when your heart's not in it. Don't do that to the kingdom. Don't. It's not fair. So that's what I'm – It's not my, fair to God's people. My biggest advice with that is saying that's, that's what you want to do. My second <laughs> advice I would go and say, if I can say this, Paul. Go. Go. If you want to be a preacher, go be a preacher. Oh, thank you so much. Don't use youth ministry as a stepping stone to be a, to be a preacher. Oh, I'm ready to start. You just tell me when you're done. <laughs> Tag team. Okay, here's the deal. My office sits level on the same floor as Randy Medlin. I don't take steps downward to go to my office. I don't take steps downward to go to the youth room. Preach it. Come on. It seems as though we're kind of on the same level because we're on the same team. Why in the world? I could call out parts of this country. I could call out parts of my own state that look at a youth minister that will see you in two or three years, and it's time for the next guy. That burns me up because guys, love, they love kids. They love parents. They love church, and they love God. And and that's what they want to do. Why do you think they're here for a minute? Oh, well, I'm sure you want to go preach Sunday. Why do you think that? I get to preach Sunday morning. I get to preach Sunday night. Devos, I get to preach Wednesday night Bible class. My kids will tell you right now, Paul gets into it. Uh, sometimes he gets crazy about it, you know, because we're, we're yeah, diligent about it. When you find something you love, make it happen and, and, and communicate it. And, and when they see your heart, they see your uh, – do I use the word vigor? When they use your zeal – they're going to say, this is important to him. This needs to be important to me. Mm-hmm. Quit using it as a part-time job, or I'm going to learn how to be a youth minister so I can learn how to be a preacher later on. Man, like you said, like John said, if you want to preach, go preach, please. I can tell you five congregations now looking for a preacher right now. I can, I can listen up to you. They're out there. Go do it. Go do it. And you can go to the Scoops blog on the Jenkins Institute and find out even more. And I'm going to tell you this right now, and I think our eldership would tell you this as well. Any eldership would tell you this right now. It is very difficult to hire a youth minister. It is. Yes. It's tough. It's tough. I'm not saying anybody can preach because it takes a special person to get in that pulpit. It does, and I love those guys. Mm-hmm. Too. Okay? But if you're doing youth work, um, it's a special kind of person. It, it, it is. It's not a temporary situation. It, that bugs me. And that is that is the thing, and you can tell that uh, that uh, Paul and I have had some discussions about this and, and pretty, pretty fires up. It, it is. We need people. We need people. Paul said a second ago he's been in this in, for 25 years working cool. with all of this. Jerry Elder, uh, we've joking around that he's probably been in both. I mean, how long has Jerry probably been in? Oh, let's not do that. Since he, was, he, since he was in grade school? I mean, <laughs> something like that. I mean, that's the thing. We need people like that who, who the longevity is – that's part of building those relationships. Mm-hmm. That's part of building all those things. Now, can there come a point where – even a youth minister wants to say, you know what, maybe I'm ready for a different challenge. Maybe I need to um, – um, 
you know, maybe I am ready to try something else. Sometimes it's a family thing that you yeah. want to spend some more time in the family because youth ministry does take up a lot of time. Not going to lie at that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're just going to be honest with it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those that say, I want to be a preacher in three to four years, but I'm going to go do youth ministry first. That's what I'm talking about. John, you're such a good preacher. You should go preach. Okay. What? What's wrong? What's happening? I get to preach. I get to preach every weekend. Yeah, I know. It's like, come on, man. Whatever. It's all good. I don't don't have to go and do do that. Like, why can't I do what I'm doing here? Yes, exactly. What's the deal? Exactly. And so, and maybe I could say this, Paul, and this would maybe help some of the youth ministers that even want to go preach eventually. Can I encourage churches, elders, even pulpit ministers? I know sometimes we get. As pulpit ministers, you get kind of protective of your pulpit. And they're like, this is my pulpit. Do not touch my pulpit. Can I encourage you? Let the youth minister speak once a month or, or something like that. Hold Have on. a relationship. Hold on a second. I got to stop you for a second. Oh, goodness. I had nothing to do with this. I know you didn't. No, you didn't. You should know. We, we didn't. This wasn't. No, this is just completely this just no this discussion. He, this is all him. I said no words. Uh, one of the things that I loved when I was in Calhoun with my elders that I had there with Scott, I had one Sunday a month, mm. and he was like, absolutely love it. And, and of course, we had a great working relationship together, and he never looked at me as a junior minister, and, and, the, and the, the elders really didn't look at me as a junior minister, except maybe in pay. But... Um, <laughs> but um, again, something else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they let me preach. I had a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and doing everything. Like that. So I got to do that. Yeah. And I think something that could help that could help churches a lot for those youth ministers and, and college ministers or whatever to have a Sunday or a Sunday, even if it's a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or something like that, just to give them that opportunity to get up there and do that. Since we're talking about. Um, elderships and what they should do with their youth ministers. I, and I didn't uh, say that's what we were saying. I'm just getting suggestions. Yeah, I know. I, I won't get one, too. <laughs> um, and, and I haven't had an issue with this at all um, presently because I love my guys. I do. Um, I kind of wish we could hang out more. I'd like to fellowship more. I hang out with you. I, I'm talking about my elders. Oh. We hang out. Uh, and I love my elders. They're good guys. I thought you were but, talking um, about me. In general, and, and I, I think about certain regions of the United States because it's different. Um, things happen in North Alabama that's different than what happens in South Alabama. It's like Tennessee. They said three different states. You know, the, the east part, west part, central. Uh, and, and for some reason, everybody seems to migrate towards what everybody else is doing. Um, as an eldership, you have a youth minister. If he does something he shouldn't do, why don't you bring him in and talk to him about it? Um, don't let things build up. In any relationship, when things build up after a while, it's going to explode. Don't put your relationship as an eldership with a youth minister to the point where it'll ever blow up. Mm-hmm. Make it sort of make it a training thing. Um, now, ju- uh, now, youth ministers, as, as you mentioned, are not junior ministers. We're not in training for something else. Hopefully, if you have a youth minister, somebody he wants to do youth work, okay. But but help him to understand that. But at the same time, understand that he may know something about youth ministry that you can help you. Yes. As as an eldership, educate him. And let him share with you. I'm not saying let an, a youth minister educate an eldership. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is have a relationship where you can talk back and forth and share back and forth. Uh, I just think that um, being open and honest with one another can really sustain um, a relationship and, and push the, um, the yes. averages past 18 months, which Absolutely. is a shame. 
Absolutely. I, and, and I think this one thing Daniel Currington said here, and I know we have to go on to the next question here because our whole show is taking up with this, but that's fine. Well, you're t- you talking about something we're passionate about. Uh, yeah, 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 right. They are. Go it's been good. Yeah. Um, they do need to, your youth ministers do need to be in front of the parents. Mm-hmm. And they need to see that you are, that, that, that they are just as important as the preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know some places where a youth minister never gets up in front of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never get up in front of people. The song leader is up in front of people more than the, than the preacher is, than the youth minister is. And, I mean, I'm a song leader, so, I mean, I mean, yeah, song leader's got to be up, but you know what I mean. And folks actually come to me, and I've even had elders, and I love them dearly for saying this. I'm so glad we have Paul Sperlin to do announcements because nobody else in this church would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's a sick joke. I actually enjoy it. I do. I, I enjoy doing announcements. I enjoy. But that puts you up in front of the people at university. And that's why they do it. Yes. Uh, that's the wisdom of our elders yeah. is we want, because uh, uh, me on Sunday morning, Ryan does Sunday night, a college minister. He wants to put us up there so people see our faith and who we are. And and we actually do build a relationship with the congregation simply by sharing what's going on in the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I like it. I think mm-hmm. it's neat. I think, I think it absolutely is. But I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Mel's advice. Uh, Melanie is, is Melanie Jenkins was Good commenting advice. on this. <laughs> Let the elders be the elders. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Now, number, we got two more questions here. Woo. Uh, number five, Paul. How has youth ministry impacted your life? Um, um, <laughs> we've moved around the country. Yes. We've seen different parts of the we country. Have. We have. Uh, I will say, um, man, I'm outing myself on this one. Please do. This is going to be good. The, um, the Here, I'm going to focus in on you now. No, please don't. <laughs> Can you do a, a thin scoop? Can you squeeze me thin? Um I will say that the menu of a youth minister has put me in an unhealthy situation, and I'm presently on a diet. I've lost five pounds. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm, I'm constantly – it's a constant battle. So, so I'm, I'm telling you. I'm serious. That wasn't what he was going for, but I'm telling you the answer. It's impacted my life and the fact that – seriously, in, in youth ministry, um, you need to stay active in every part of your life. And so I think that when it comes to youth group and, and youth and family work and, and church work, um, stay active, um, do the very best you can, eat healthy, and avoid pizza at all costs because um, they're going to have it every other day. You know, there's one thing so, that I remember. That's a good point, though. That's seriously. That's, I'm, I'm serious when I say that. No, that, you know, and, and Dale Jenkins is commenting and stuff. There's something I remember that his dad told me when I was in Birmingham that uh, he always said, you know, definitely keep exercise. Because it's actually, you know, I'm laughing about it, and we're yeah. laughing about it here. But he definitely said, you know, definitely keep the exercise and keep going. And, and, mm-hmm. and uh, because it does, it does take a toll on you, and it affects your life. Um, you know, what is probably the biggest effect of youth ministry um, that is a, that's affected? Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's one thing I can sit there and say there's one thing that how it's affected me the most in my life. I know that this is all I know, that I, I can't separate a separate part of my life. From You're talking ministry about ministry life. in general or youth ministry? Well, youth ministry goes where I guess where I got started. Well, to say it's all you know, I mean, you've worked as a pulpit minister for years. Yeah, but it. I still had that youth ministry feel you did. when I was there yeah. with it. 
um, the year and a half I was at, I was at Palisades. I, I felt that way. Mm-hmm. Some of the lessons I would preach is like, man, this would really teach good teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, I should say that. Probably. And what's funny is because uh, a lot of stuff that you would teach teenagers would probably work for the majority yeah. of the church. Because <laughs> you think differently. You try to be more creative when you teach teenagers. Like, man, I think adults would like this. I think there's so many different <laughs> things, even from the fellowship that we have with each other. I mean, you know as well as I do, we, we got to poke fun at you at um, CYC. Because Paul showed us. I mean, Dan and I took that picture with you, and, and you know, I was at the very first. I know, two or three years. I know you were, but I think it's kind of fun of seeing everybody. I mean, there's yeah. the fellowship that you have with each other, the friendships, the bond that you make. It's and awesome. Yes, I, I think there is something. Uh, to me, it almost helps me probably more than I help the 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 young people that I worked with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of just being able to interact, to be able to see that light come on that person's person's eye. Um, you know, uh, being able to call you, like people like you or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, it's so impactful because it's almost like this is a little bit of what heaven's going to be like. Yeah. Because we're going to be with people we know. You're going to recognize people. Um, uh, we are in heaven, and and I, it's just it's like a big family reunion. That's why we go to these lectureships and yep. and these events. Um, and I think for the spiritual aspect of it, obviously, yes. But to be together and to learn those things, it's, it's neat. And I think. Dale, one thing Dale said, I think anybody in ministry can echo what Dale has said here. And I, and I just want to read it here. Preaching has forced me, forced me to be a better person. I'm confronted with the word and I know I'm held to a higher standard. I often wondered what kind of person I would be if I were not a minister. Mm. And, and I think, I think almost every minister who is out there, and I know I can, and I'm sure you can, would say, yeah. It does. It, yeah. it does. It convicts us because we're studying it. it if they're us. totally into it, yeah, they can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, I can't imagine doing anything else. Mm-hmm. I well, love it. Well, then I could, this could really kind of goes into number six here, Paul. Yeah. This question number six, our last question that we have for this is: How has this career enhanced your life? I think I think you just nailed it when you said, yeah. "Can't imagine anything else." It's just doing it. There's no, there's no U-turn. There's no, oops, I gotta do something now. I mean, there's not. I love it. Even what I do here, even though I'm not in a, in a, in a local congregation, even though I'm, I'm at a university, that's still what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and that, that's, that's my focus. That is here. I, I can't, I can't imagine it, anything else than, yeah. than, than what it is. I mean, I see myself being up there. Preaching, leading, singing, right. working, teaching a Bible class, and having a heart attack and dying. I mean, that's just kind of <laughs> you know, you know, John, and, and I think people who know us know this. As I'm going to say this, a lot of people in their spare time, uh, they go they go hunting. Maybe maybe they deer hunt. Maybe they fish. Maybe they play golf. I actually have a, we have a couple of bags of uh, golf clubs at the house that I haven't had any use in I'd say four or five years. Uh, I, I but I'm agree. telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Uh, I do ministry for a living, but what I do in my spare time is more ministry Absolutely. because I love it that much. Paul, why are you involved in this? Why are you involved in that? I'm involved in that because I don't have any other vices, you know? And, and, and Stephanie, Stephanie yeah. oh, my goodness. I wish you could call her. She could just tell you something about this. But you may like, not want her to call you. No, no, especially, but yeah. Um, but she, she uh, she's like, you know, I don't have to worry about you. I, I know you don't you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't you don't cheat. Um, you're doing youth stuff when you're not here, even outside of work. Uh, I'm 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 good with that. You know, it's like well, that's what I like. That's what I love, and it drives me. 
it, it is. It's almost like, you know, you don't have to worry about anything because uh, they're at a board meeting with exposure yeah. or AIM. Or, you know, if we're going to Huntsville. Oh, he's with Dale and John and, mm-hmm. and Jeremy and Brendan and Daniel and Dennis, Dennis and and uh, Veronica, you know, oh, don't, Veronica. Have, don't have to worry about anything there. Yeah. And it, it is, it is kind of funny that that is what even outside our free time, um, Aww. we get to do that. I'm right. giving Jazzy Harrison. I'm giving her a shout out. Aww. Thank you so much, Jazz. Make us feel good, Jazzy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, make me cry. Oh, uh, Cameron Crawford. Um, I love this guy. I've never met him, but uh, we we talk on Facebook a lot. He's as a a fellow um, Tar Heel fan um, and Superman fan. Oh, man, this guy's the coolest guy. Oh, my um, he, he says, he said, um, uh, ministry has taught me to hold myself accountable with my words, my thoughts, my actions, and to strive to be more like Christ every day. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. In a nutshell, that's it. That's it. That's a great point. Yeah, great comment. Man, it is. That's awesome, man. We had good stuff today. Good stuff. You can tell what we're passionate about. This is the longest show we've ever had. Um, and we didn't have a whole lot of we didn't even get into um, sports or anything like that. Yeah, we did. We did. We talked about the Tar Heels and National Champions. What's oh, up? Great. Cross your heels. <laughs> <laughs> Worked pretty well. Oh, my word. Everybody and it wasn't necessarily an ugly game. It's just there were it was two defensive battles. No, it was completely it was ugly a defensive game. battle. It was like, what, 75 fouls called in that game? Well, I'm look, look at those. I, I'm serious, but they made some bad. Seriously, out of like I think they said out of 75. Why can't the possession let was 40 some odd Let them foul. play. Oh, I mean, just because you give a guy high five in the air, why is that a foul? I don't get it. <laughs> but we had a good show. Yeah, good show. Good today. stuff. Great comments. Let me say this too, if, if you will. Don't forget to follow us on on uh, Twitter at the John and Paul Show. Uh, also, uh, John has his at John Podine, and then I have mine at. Uh, at uh, I am Paul underscore info. We'd love for you to follow us on Twitter. And, of course, we have the Facebook page uh, for the John and Paul Show. Join us there. Uh, adventuresinministry.com. Uh, the new app is out. If you haven't yet uh, deleted the first one, delete it. Bring back um, Download it again under Adventures in Ministry. Brand new, free, and I hope mm-hmm. everybody will have it. Anything else before we get uh, on? We will be here Monday. We yes. will be here Monday. Yes. Oh, i got to say this. I was going to say it. If you don't, hold on, i got to say this. Go ahead. The Braves won last night. Goodness, they finally won They're a game. They're two and three. Yes. That's two games, John. I can't believe they won it. a series. I can't believe they won a series. I'm going to cry. You're going to cry. I'm going to cry. ACA won last night, 11 to nothing. We run ruled Enterprise. How do, you go, how do you go from the Braves winning a game to ACA? ACA is like 32 and three. Yeah. The Braves, Braves won't be 32 and three. They will not. <laughs> they will not. Um, wow. A lot going on this weekend. Yeah, uh, we will be back uh, Monday for our show, and then but won't be here Friday unless we get it to work. We won't be here Friday. We won't be here. We'll be in Atlanta. Dale, we're going to Atlanta. Atlanta. You're going to join us, don't you, Dale? You know you do. You know you do. <laughs> yes. Um, we're going to be live from the Marriott Marquis. That's right. Uh, that is Saturday at 10 p.m. Late show, which follows the. Um, are we not going to do the one Friday? Awards. We're doing Friday. Too. Okay. But we'll have a special show Saturday night, last leader show. Uh, we'll have the president of Fulton University on, uh, Dr. Mike Williams. We're looking forward to that. And um, questions that we have for him and then just talking about the future of Faulkner and, mm-hmm. and, and anything else, really. It's going to be a, <laughs> a call-in show and a, a party atmosphere. So if you're going to Atlanta Convention, we'll be in the Imperial for 10 to 12 on, on Saturday night. And if y'all got any questions, go ahead and send them to us. We'd love please, to uh, please have do. them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they'll be in Nash Vegas. Of course. 
Yeah, we can do a show from the Opry Land too if you like. You should call us from there. Yeah. You should call us from there doing the show. We'll put you on, on the air. Yes. It'd be awesome. Are you an MC at at Lads Leaders in Nashville, Dale? He's in charge of like speech. Oh, is he? Yeah. Mm. Speech. He could like call in and we could like have a show live in front of everybody. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be awesome. But, hey, don't forget to check out if you're a judge for speech or song leading. Uh, don't forget to check out that video you'll be watching at all the conventions. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm kind of scared of that. <laughs> we did a video. Kind of scared of that one. Well, Paul, um, <laughs> we do got to get going. Wow, I yeah. didn't realize it's this late in the afternoon already. Good morning. Oh, I have a lectureship meeting coming up in about 20 minutes. Oh, you better hurry. So if you are interested in speaking or visiting or have some topics or speaker options, mm-hmm. you can text those to me or tweet those to me, and I'll share those at our meeting here in a few minutes. Hey, definitely. Same and a summit, the summit, too. All right. Well, uh, Paul? Um, what? I love the tone you get when it's time to get <laughs> Okay, well, Paul, come on, let's finish the thing. Let's go. Come on, Paul. Come on, Paul. I guess we're done. Oh, go ahead and end up, man. You're awesome. Okay, hey, thanks for joining us for the John and Paul Radio Show, brought to you by Adventures in Ministry.com, here live at Spartan University. We look forward to seeing you Monday for 5 at 11. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend. and.